This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you this morning? Good. Thank you very much. A little drizzly out there. Uh, Probably not the best day to be playing golf, but hopefully... uh, Things will brighten up. Good day for Sports Talk Radio, though. So uh, a few things to talk about this morning. Also joining us this morning, former Washington Capitol, former Toronto Maple Leaf, Leapin' Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou. How are you? Good morning, Wally. Naz, how are you, everybody, today? Everybody's great. Thanks so much. Uh, just to let our listeners know, uh, coming up uh, just after our first break, we'll be talking to Mike Wilson. Mike Wilson, uh, uh Friend of the Nazwali Sports Hour, you've heard him on our show so so many times. Been uh, been sitting in my seat a few times when I can't make it in. Uh, or we're all doing it remotely now. But uh, Mike, you'll recall last year uh, did what they what he called the virtual the ultimate road trip and uh, visited uh, every single uh, attended every single Toronto Maple Leafs game the entire year. Uh, 89 of them, I believe, and we'll talk about it. He's got his new book coming out this week, The Ultimate Road Trip with Lance Hornby, and we're thrilled to talk to Michael about that. And uh, the center of the hockey universe, guys, uh, is usually Toronto, has been for a lot of this uh, uh, spring, and Edmonton as well. But the center of the hockey universe, I think, this week will be Ottawa. Ottawa uh, has seven draft choices in the first uh, two rounds. Uh, they got 40, 43 or $45 million in cap space. So the the most uh, prominent guy in the hockey world this week may be the general manager of the Ottawa Senators, Pierre Dorian, and pleased to say that he'll be joining us at about 9.35. Um, Pierre's always been a good friend of the show as well, and uh, he's got a lot of interesting decisions to make this week, so uh, we're thrilled we'll be able to talk to Pierre uh, later on in the hour. Gentlemen! Uh, last Sunday, we were all thrilled. Uh, the Blue Jays had made the playoffs. They had a great young team. They were going to set the world on fire. And, man, that didn't last very long, did it? Well, you know, it's best two out of three. So, um, But the Jays never really got on track. Um, Naz, what happened? Tampa Bay was too good. Well, what was that? <laughs> That's perfect. I couldn't have, I couldn't have uh, come up with a better analysis. Uh uh, flush that race, out for me. Race, flush that out. Go a little bit more I than that. The ace was sore, though. Sorry, go ahead. I heard that he shouldn't have pitched because I think he was hurt. Who, uh, Rio? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, so you're uh, you're saying, uh, but that was lost anyway. Well, yeah, the big controversy last Sunday was whether he was going to be in the first game or the second game. Um, you know, we had that debate. I always think you go with your best in, in game one, but in a three game series. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it makes any difference. But if he was hurt, then uh, that certainly would have been an issue. But their bats didn't show up. 
really not in either game. Did they, Ness? Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, very good. Jansen was the only one that hit and he had a couple of homers in game two, and that was it. Anyways, they're a young team. A lot, a uh, lot, uh, you know, <laughs> opt, uh, but what's, what's the phrase? Hope springs eternal. Uh, I think that's what it is. Um, certainly they gave us some uh, some moments this year to give us some optimism for the future. Some of their young guys grew up uh, uh, fairly quickly and gave us uh, gave us some enjoyment. Lou, uh, first of all, uh, <clears throat> parting thoughts on the Jays, and then we'll turn it over to your uh your favorite team, the Yankee, because now they're up against uh, against T-Bay. Lou? Yeah, well, you know what? They, the, the bats came alive, and uh, the Yankees showed exactly the way they're going to survive uh, in any playoff series or any or any games. Uh, their bats are going to have to hit home runs. Uh, they're a very slow team. They're not going to uh, nickel and dime you like Tampa and uh, and San Diego are. And they're not going to steal that many bases. Uh and they they need some help uh, from their uh, second and third and fourth pitchers. Uh, Garrett Cole is is a real deal. They're going to put him out in game one, uh, probably against Glasnow uh, or or Snell. And then I guess uh, the other three games could be a toss up, uh, depending on how well uh, Tampa's pitching is. Parting shots on the Jays. Uh, no parting shots. It's more listen. When you're when you're big three hitters or you're Go, I think three for for twenty two or twenty four. Uh, you, you're not going to win too many games, uh, uh, especially in the playoff. Uh, I didn't really agree on Mister Montoya. I think he outdid himself, or he, he outthought himself uh, with go, uh, sticking with Ryu or putting Ryu uh, in the second game. Uh, this injured stuff, uh, I think that's BS. That's just an excuse to to get him off the. Um, uh, to put the blame on on the player, not to play, to put the blame on, but just to distract uh, the whole story. You always go with your best guy in the first game, and you take your lump uh, with him, and then then you uh, more or less adjust to uh, to whatever happened in game one. Who's the best team? Who's the best team in baseball right now? And who's uh, who's going to line up in the World Series finals? I'll throw it over to Naz, and then back to you, Luke. It's going to be Tampa Bay and the Dodgers. Tampa Bay and the Dodgers. Interesting World Series. Uh, Lou? Uh, i, I, I got to stick with the Yankees, and i got to go with the Dodgers. The Dodgers look like they're tough to beat. Uh, then, you know, I still think it's up in the air because pitching wins just like goaltending wins. And Atlanta had great pitching. Uh, San Diego looks like they're a very, very exciting team out, uh, uh, out west. Uh, Oakland is, is Oakland. Uh, very low price, but... Uh, High quality players. Uh, so I, my right now, I'll, I'll go Yankees Dodgers. That would be. Uh, I love to see that San Diego though, Wally. They're an exciting team. Yeah, I'd love to see them in there, but I don't think they'll get there. Yeah, they certainly are, Naz. Uh, on on lose point, uh, Yankees Dodgers. That certainly will be a throwback series. Uh, that that should make the TV executives salivate. Uh, brings back memory when you say Yankees Dodgers, man. That. Uh, that brings back uh, so so many incredibly great memories. Mantle and uh, Don Drysdale and Sandy Koufax and Roger Maris and uh, uh, Whitey Ford and, uh, and that's that's the that's the, the and then the fifties and sixties and DiMaggio and all those guys uh, and then then we go to uh, then we go to the late seventies and early eighties when the Yankees and Dodgers had a couple of matchups. So uh, 
that would that would attract the ratings. Uh, I would think, uh, no question, that Yankees Dodgers certainly will drive uh, drive a tremendous amount of interest in a lot of different ways. And talking about ratings, we've got two minutes before we go to break. Um, NHL, we I guess we should probably talk about the awarding the Stanley Cup. Um, the uh, I think last Sunday we were we were uh, we were saying how how great Corey Perry and uh, and Pavelski uh, were, had played the the night before, and uh, Tampa Bay finally wrapped it up. I think there's no question uh, from beginning to end of the playoff series, Tampa, the Lightning were the better team. Uh, final thoughts on. Uh, on the Stanley Cup, Naz, and then Lou. Six games, Dallas played the hurts. Um, but uh, Tampa Bay, the most talented team in the league, finally won the Cup. Uh, Lou? Uh, it was, uh, I think Tampa was due to, to win it, especially with the year they had uh, a year ago and getting upset in the first round by uh, Columbus. They definitely had the more talent. They definitely had the more speed. Uh, the only way I think Dallas could have... Uh, probably beat them was to, to wear them down. Uh, game four was critical when they lost in overtime. Uh, but I definitely do, uh, you know, Tampa has, uh, I give Tampa my stamp of approval and uh, they definitely should have won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, I think they learned their lessons from the past. Uh, there's no question. Um, de- much deserving uh, Stanley Cup champions, no question. Uh, no asterisk. Um, they proved they were the best team. Um, they prepared. Uh, John Cooper had them prepared. Uh, I'm. I don't know what the history books will say. Um, this may have been the most difficult way to win a Stanley Cup, the way they did it, or it may have been an uneven way to win the Stanley Cup, given uh, given the way the uh, season didn't end. But uh, um, I think Tampa clearly are deserved Stanley Cup champions, no asterisk whatsoever. Um, they they deserved it. Um, uh, the only uh, uh, question I have, not question or observation, um, I guess it was a uh, uh, local kid uh, I want to comment on, uh, who was a big, big, big part of the um, Tampa Bay Stanley Cup run, uh, Anthony Sorelli. Interesting. Undrafted in the OHL. Think about that one. Third round draft choice in the uh, Tampa, and such an important member of the Tampa Bay uh, Tampa Bay team. And, and I think he becomes an RFA, so uh, he's certainly uh, certainly going to be uh, up for a big raise. And uh, don't know what they're doing about circulating the Stanley Cup. That may be on hiatus, but. If they do circulate it, I think it's coming to the city of Bond. Uh, last hey, comments, guys, before we go. Hey, to Wally. Yes, sir. So, sorry to uh, cut you off here. Uh, I would put a definitely. I would put an asterisk uh, to this uh, Stanley Cup. I don't think the best team in the league won it this year. And there's there's one yeah, team but, that we didn't mention that would have given Tampa, and Tampa was really really scared to play. Were the Toronto Maple Leafs. They would have matched up talent for talent up front. You, you, Lou, 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 you want to question Tampa Bay's Stanley Cup victory because they didn't have to face the Toronto Maple Leafs? You're kidding yeah. me, right? Yes, I Seriously. definitely would. It's, it's, this isn't uh, this wasn't an 80-game schedule. This was a 
It was a stallment in between for five or six months, you want to call it? Uh, when the season ended, Boston had the best record. They were the best team. Tampa okay. was a close second. And there was one right, team Luke, that Tampa Luke. didn't want to play in the playoffs, and that was Toronto, because Toronto played very, very well against them uh, in every facet of the game, and they had the superstars up front to match it. The only thing that I think Tampa had more than Toronto were their third and fourth liners. Uh, Lou, I can't let that one go, so I'm going to respond really quickly. And, you know, if Naz wants to, uh, Naz, I I may give you some shots in this one too. Lou, um, I don't quite understand the logic of your argument with all due respect. Uh, Certainly the Boston Bruins may have been the best team during the regular season. So what? The President's Cup trophy winner almost never wins the Stanley Cup. It's what you do. It's the matchups. It's take advantage of opportunities. It's it's coaching strategies. It's all of those things. And to suggest that the Tampa Bay that the I, there's nothing I saw from the Toronto Maple Leafs in that Columbus series that suggests to me that they would have made Tampa work up a sweat. Uh, but go ahead, Ness. Well, I kind of surprised. Well, Lou, you sounding like me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, careful where you go. We're, we're going to argue this till we're blue in the face. They had five months off between the end of the season and August. Plain and simple. Okay. So? I've been so? there before. Players lose their drive when you're that far off because they don't know when they're going to play. The rules were the same for everybody, Lou, and uh, the quality of the hockey was pretty good. Um, uh, and Tampa, I, I, I think. There and we can beg, we can agree to disagree, and I'll give it. I'll give you that. Uh, but they, uh, they 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 played by, like, by the rules like everybody else, and had to win four four playoff series uh, and and beat a really good team in Dallas at the end, and uh, they did it. No asterisk for me, and asterisk for Lou Franceschetti. Naz, you're the you're the deciding no vote. No asterisk. Okay. No asterisk. Two, two to one. Lou, I, I enjoyed the spirited debate. We've got to go to break. Hey, I'll take both of you guys on any time you want. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to use that line again, the, how many games I played in the NHL? I'm, I'm getting tired of you circling out that one. But, uh, <laughs> that one, unfortunately, I can never overcome. I will have to agree. I never played a game in the NHL. So if that's the deciding factor over whose opinion is correct, so there's my even. We, okay, we need Pierre Dorian as a, as a number five. Okay, <laughs> I don't think he's going to answer the question, uh, but you can try. Anyway, we've got to go to break. We're going to have uh, Mike Wilson, the Ultimate Leafs fan. Maybe we'll ask him this question. Anyways, we'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced contact-free delivery. Order and prepay online and choose contact-free delivery. The driver will place your order on your doorstep in a nice, clear, protective bag. Then he'll politely stand back two metres and call the number on the receipt. Once you answer the door, he'll give you a little toodaloo and off he goes. Contact free delivery from pizzaville.ca or the Pizzaville app. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. 
Real Tours Media, creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new AM740 Toronto, 96.7 FM on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome to the show this morning a good friend of ours, the ultimate Leafs fan. Of course, I'm talking about Mike Wilson. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Well, good morning, guys. I, before we start, I guess I got to say, make that three to one with the discussion <laughs> taking place. Lou, 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 Lou. I'll tell you what, there's no asterisk. This is probably the toughest Stanley Cup for anybody to win in history. Full marks to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were clearly the best team in the tournament, missing their best player. And there's no doubt who the best team was. Maple Leafs, nobody loves them more than I do, but they're a long way from competing at that level. Anyways, Mike, Mike I, don't Mike. Want, I don't want to get into a debate with Lou Mike, here. you just I, said they were the best team in the tournament. I just said they, they got full marks for winning it. I understand. Okay? Okay. Put them over an 80-game schedule, I'm saying, okay? Yeah. Let's, let's, not get to put, let's not forget that there were five months in between games. Mike, uh, Lou... Uh, I know one thing, arguing with you, we're not going to convince you, but you got outvoted, so let's move on. You might, you might be right, but you got outvoted. Mike, I'll see you up in the alumni box, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, okay, the, reason we, the reason we have Mike on, and thanks so much for joining us, Mike. Uh, it's a big Bye. week for you. Um, last yeah. year, yeah, last year when we were in studio, we talked about it quite a few times. You joined us in studio. You hosted the show a few times. Um, you were you went to every single Toronto Maple Leaf game. Uh, we're talking, of course, the season before. I think yeah. eighteen, nineteen. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah I, I got my math wrong here. You went to every single game, every single playoff game. Um, Eighty nine games, I believe. Um, yeah. And uh, as you were doing it, you said the book was going to be coming, and the book is coming. It's the ultimate road trip. You worked with Lance Hornby all, all about it. Tell us about the book launch and. Uh, Tell our listeners all about your book. Well, it's uh, the book launch. They picked the date, October the 6th, for the launch, and that's, of course, the day of the draft. So we are doing a uh, – we're going to do an Instagram live virtual uh, launch ourselves from here, obviously, with the way things are between 6 and 7, so to give the hockey fans a little bit of a pre-draft uh, look into the book. 
Uh, it's been a labor of love uh, over the 89 games. I ran into hundreds and hundreds of fans, hundreds and hundreds of stories and pictures. Uh, we sorted through it all. Lance, who's just a brilliant journalist, worked with me and uh, patiently worked with me, and we put it all together. Uh, Deb helped uh, with all the photographs. I mean, it, we've got so much material. We chose what we think are some of the best stories, and there's so many of them. Uh, the thing about the story is that it's not a gushy love story about Leafs fans. It's more uh, along the lines of a sports story about the, the, the passion that the people have for a, uh, their, their sports team and what it means to them, to their families. And it's, and just Maple Leafs just seem to have a little bit different than most teams because of going back to the games, but families watching them way back to the thirties. And the one game they could only listen to out West was basically the Maple Leafs. So we tried to find that. Uh, the generational passing of the torch, if you will. And these people were just very open to me sharing their stories. And, you know, people at times were crying, were laughing, were yelling. And it was just absolutely phenomenal. I hope that when people read the book, they can feel that through the words that we put them on the pages. Uh, one more question. I'll turn it over to Naz and Lou. Um, Mike, uh, 89 games throughout Leaf Nation. We see it on TV from here. You actually experienced uh, in the flesh, the incredible passion Leafs fans all around the NHL. I mean, you, you watch some of these games, and there's like more Leaf sweaters in in the uh, in the uh, in the stadium than 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 actually the home team. I've experienced it in 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 some of the in some of the arenas. You see it in Montreal. You see it in Buffalo. You see it in Washington. You see it. You saw it everywhere. Um, Explain to me why there is this incredible passion, even even amongst, uh, you know, I know that the whole thing about passing it down generations, but this incredible passion for the Toronto Maple Leafs in, 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 in so many other cities in the NHL, yet the Leafs have been, for lack of uh, better terms, unsuccessful for 50 years uh, other than a bleak flurry i guess in the 70s with daryl and and boria and those guys and and 93 with dougie and wendell um but how do you explain it well see that's what makes us so unique because of the fact that and people have to realize this is that starting back when foster who had broadcast the games in the mid-30s it was the only game in town for most people radio was at its infancy stages People were going through the Great Depression, which would cripple the country until 1939. So the only form of entertainment was the radio, was listening to a hockey game on Saturday night, and families would gather around the radio and listen. And again, the wartime broadcast of Foster Hewitt that entertained our troops when they are battling for our country. All these stories are passed down from generation to generation, and it's so critical for people to understand. It's not what I found was... When we're going out west, you got to remember, we get to watch the Maple Leafs. We can go to the games live every game. These people get a chance to see them maybe once a year. So the game is almost secondary. It's the fact to go and see that crest and see that sweater and those colors live. And what it does is it allows people to regenerate or rethink their thoughts that have been passed down from their grandfathers or their fathers or their mothers. And that really, really impacts people, and it's embedded in their DNA, and you just see it, and it just oozes out of people when you talk to them. And unless you experience it firsthand, you may not understand it. I thought I did because so many people reach out to us on a daily basis from since we've become known from doing a lot of fundraising and so on. 
But until you actually look somebody in the eye and they tell it to you, it really is impactful. And I'm just telling you, it's, you know, you go to a place like California and they have expat groups that have 2,500, 3,000 people. And, the, you know, they all go to a lot of the Canadian games when they come through the three-game circuit out there. But it's the Maple Leaf games that immediately sell out in Dallas. The game on the circle that's circled every year is the Toronto Maple Leaf game. And when NorCal was there employing 50,000 people, it'd be a fight for tickets. And the score was secondary. It was just that fact to see that crest have the team live, and they just really embraced it. And you see that throughout the whole league. Yes. Mike, who were the worst fans and best fans? Did you um... Well, the worst was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a nice way they didn't see it. was in, in New York, uh, the Island game with uh, John Tavares going back to his first game. I've never seen anything so ridiculous in my life, just the way they treated outside people coming in. And it was, and, and they won the game. And, 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 you know, and again, it's just, it was almost like they wanted to prove, I guess they're like the step-headed red child, you know, the red-headed stepchild, because these guys, they don't really have much there except that hockey team. And the one asset they have, they lost. But they were ahead of the Leafs in the standings, and they still acted like, it was just craziness. But the best fans... You go to a place like Columbus, and you when you watch the warm up or the pregame skate, and from the red line, circling around the Leaf fan, it's 15 row deeps and fans. It's really impactful. You go to California, go to the LA game, and you've got sections and sections of Leafs fans, and these are people that live out there and go to these games when Toronto shows up. It really is something, and you see the same thing in Vancouver and Calgary. Winnipeg is another place where it probably really impacted me first because that game. It sounded like a home game after when uh, Kapanen scored the first goal to set the game off. But everywhere you go, there are fans. And I, I'd say the island was the worst, but that was an isolated incident. But everywhere else, and Boston was another place where the first time there, like the fans got less and less and less. And I went there six times, and believe me, I hated that rink by the last game. The the group got less and less and less as they went through the playoffs, and there was and they, they wouldn't give the tickets up. But it was just in every rank. Uh, Lou? Uh, you know, well, Mike, you couldn't have said it better. I remember going to, uh, to all the Canadian cities, and there was probably more Leaf fans in the Canadian city, uh, in Vancouver or Leaf jerseys in Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, and Winnipeg than there were uh, jerseys of the home team. And even when we went to Montreal, and you even look nowadays, it seems like every game that Montreal plays in Toronto, there's more Hab fans than every game that there's uh, that they play in Montreal, there's more Leaf sweater, sorry, uh, in the stands, and, and Ottawa's the same way. That Ottawa, I think, has limited the number of uh, people uh, coming in from Toronto because uh, they fill that rink. But there's probably 12,000 uh, Toronto fans um, in the stands. I, I think the, the Leafs more or less are like an organization like Boston and uh, the Yankees with the rich tradition that they had. There's so many fans out there that anytime they come into the town, uh, you can see a a substantial amount of uh, Yankee and uh, Red Sox fans, just like you do with uh, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf jerseys out there. Yeah, I mean, mean, sort of cut you off, but I mean, the the thing about it is you got to remember back in the days when the Yankees and the Red Sox were expanding their brand, they had competition from Cincinnati, St. Louis, and all these other teams back in Pittsburgh, even back in the early 30s, where their games were broadcast. you got to remember, you really have to take note of the fact that it was like how far back, like Toronto is very unique and there's no other professional franchise in the world that has this, where they were it for a whole country outside of the eastern part of Canada where it was split. 
So that has really, really impacted, and as I've repeated myself here, is embedded in what people and how they're brought up. I, I sat with Brett Conley in Washington, and he's from Prince George in uh, B.C. Even though he grew up a Vancouver Canucks fan, he said majority of the older people in that generation still are Maple Leaf fans, even though the Canucks have been around since the 70s. But even he realizes, now he lives here full-time in the off-season, he gets it. And he, he senses it everywhere he goes or like when he sees Toronto people around. So it's just one of these things that people, and I really want to encourage people to do what I've done because it can be done. And hopefully people use this as a bit of a benchmark for them to use as a platform to go out there. And I ran into lots of people trying to go to every rink that the Toronto Maple Leafs play in. Once you, once you experience it firsthand and you only have to do it a little bit by bit, you'll really get it. Uh, we're talking to Mike Wilson. The book is The Ultimate Road Trip. Mike, we've got a couple of minutes left uh, mm-hmm. before we got to go, and then we've got Pierre Dorian coming on. Uh, I know, I know, uh, you know, your stories are probably like children. Uh, it's difficult to have a favorite one. You love them all, in, 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 yeah. in, in, you love them all equally. Uh, but uh, relate to our listeners uh, one one story, one event, one uh, one thing that happened uh, that well, um, that you'd done, like to pass one, on. One that stands out, I would say, was in Calgary, standing in Cowboys, and there's a 61 year old guy by the name of Ed Gutter who approached me along with his brother, and they were talking about the Leafs, and they they knew who I was. And Ed Gutter is from out west. He lives outside of Calgary. He's never had the ability or been able to probably afford to go to watch the Maple Leafs play. And they were his favorite team for 55 years when I met him, since he's been six years old. His brother, the day of that game in Toronto's playing Calgary, flew in from Toronto with four tickets for him, his brother, and the two wives. And there was Ed telling me this story, the 61-year-old man with, like, you know, with a beer in his hand and his brother with a beer in his hand, with tears streaming down his face, telling me that story and the joy he was experiencing going to that game to see his team play live for the first time. The two wives were crying, and his brother was standing there just so proud. And, you know, you could just, and I know I'm trying to look at these people, and it's just the emotions were just so overcoming. And I ran into a few people who had stories like that, but it just really then hit me that this is what this team really means to people. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Really quickly, um, the book is out. It's, yep. uh, this time of year, uh, you know, we're always starting to think about Christmas, and it's a, it would be a great, great present for a Toronto Maple Leafs fan or a hockey fan in that matter. Uh, tell our listeners how they get a hold of the book and uh, your, your virtual book launch. I, if it's on Instagram, I presume everybody can tune in. So tell our listeners yeah. some great uh, a few of those details. Out. Uh, well, you can go to Amazon and get it on Amazon. It's also going to be available to Indigo. Uh, if anybody's close by and uh, wants uh, me to, uh, I, we, we have copies here. We can get the people, but uh, it's your choice. So it's in all the, it should be in all the major outlets, uh, and it's available out there. And the Instagram live is on Tuesday night, starts at 6 o'clock. So just follow us on, uh, you know, the Ultimate Lease fan on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram, and we'll be giving updates. We're actually going to be, uh, doing uh, people who weren't in the book or part of the book are going to do little excerpts from the book and around it as we go forward. So people can watch for that also. Anyways, we've been talking to Mike Wilson. Mike, uh, on behalf of Naz and, and Lou, congratulations. Uh, we look forward to it, and uh, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me, guys. appreciate it. Always, always a pleasure. Uh, break time. 
We'll be right back with the general manager of the Ottawa Senators, Pierre Dorian. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced contact-free delivery. Order and prepay online and choose contact-free delivery. The driver will place your order on your doorstep in a nice, clear, protective bag. Then he'll politely stand back two metres and call the number on the receipt. Once you answer the door, he'll give you a little toodaloo and off he goes. Contact-free delivery from pizzaville.ca or the Pizzaville app. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live. Joining me uh, also this morning, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Also joining us, uh, special guest, uh, Lou Franceschetti. And now we're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, the general manager of the Ottawa Senators, Pierre Dorian. Pierre, good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Pierre, we always like to uh, joke in Toronto that Toronto is the center of the hockey universe. Uh, but uh, this week, uh, as I said in my intro this morning, I think Ottawa might be the center of the hockey universe. Uh, this might be the most important week in Ottawa Senators history. Um, there's a lot going on. We have the draft. Uh, we have unrestricted free agency. Ottawa has seven picks in the first two rounds, and you've got 43 to $45 million of cap space. So my guess, Pierre, is you're probably at work today. Um, so tell us, uh, tell us how this shapes up to be uh, a great week for the Ottawa Senators. Obviously, this is a defining week for our organization, especially with the draft. Uh, I think we can really... Uh, do some really good things for the organization this week. Uh, I am, uh, after this uh, interview, I will be uh, jumping in my car and uh, going to work for the day. Uh, but uh, this is definitely a big week for us. Uh, Pierre, um, seven picks in the first two rounds. Uh, it's, it's touted to be 
uh, one of the strongest drafts, if not in recent memory, in, in a long, long while. Um, you're drafting third and you're drafting fifth. I can presume or can we presume that Ottawa will be using those picks? And Go ahead. No, no, I thought that the year, sorry, I didn't yeah. interrupt you. I thought that your, your, your question had ended. Uh, yes, for sure we'll be using those picks. I would put it, uh, there is uh, no chance we're going to trade number three with the, uh, we think it's going to be an impact player. Uh, someone who will play in our lineup as early as next year. And, uh, with five, we'll see what Detroit does at four. And, uh, I would put it at 99% that we're going to make that selection also. Pierre, how good is this draft? Oh. This is one of the better drafts that I've seen in a while. Uh, obviously, I didn't get to see every single player in person. Our scouts have done a tremendous job, uh, you know, watching all these players uh, through the season. Uh, but with uh, the pandemic that happened, I had a chance to see a lot of video, uh, be part of a lot of the meetings, and it looks like a very deep draft this year. Nez, Pierre, how active will you be in the free agent market? coming through well it depends you know um once october 9th comes depending uh how things go this week with the draft uh with some of our restricted free agents uh we'd like to plug a few holes um you know obviously there'll be some there could be some trades also um but we feel that we'll be uh, a team that will look to add uh, you know pieces that can help us through this rebuild and allow us to take the next step Lou. Hi, Pierre. How are you? Good, Lou. How about yourself? Uh, uh, Wally doesn't know that me and your dad had, were mutual friends. <laughs> Back in the uh, old days with Washington. Yeah. I feel sorry for Pierre's dad. I know. <laughs> a Frenchman and an Italian together. Imagine that, huh? <laughs> we, okay, we, we know that uh, you have um, the third pick and the fifth pick, and you're probably going to select uh, a combination of uh, Byfield, Sturtsy, Drysdale or, or Sanderson. With that next first round pick, uh, has it ever crossed your mind that, depending on, I know what what kind of talent you have in the uh, in the organization, has it ever crossed your mind that you might want to trade that third first round pick and maybe two seconds to move up and uh, draft a Russian goalie and get your goalie of the future if he is slated uh, or slotted in that pick? Well, obviously, we're, we've always looked at scenarios. Uh, we feel we've got pretty good depth at uh, goaltending with uh, George Accord, who was uh, a really good uh, goal in the AHL last year, started in the East Coast League and allowed us to go from a team that was on the cusp of the playoffs to a first-place team. Uh, we traded for a guy by the name of Philip Gustafson in a trade a few years ago who's the best goalie at the World Junior, who's had some ups and downs where we like his upside. We got Mandalese, who we was the, probably the best goalie in Major Junior in the second half, was the goalie of the year in the Quebec League, and we, we dropped Sogard. So, obviously, we feel we got a lot of depth at the goaltending position. Um, you know, could we use could we use 28 and possibly another asset to move up the, to draft whomever? If we, like, we've got a lot of picks, so we can button them up and move up in the draft. So we're, we're, we've looked at every scenario. Uh, we have had mock drafts. We're going to have another one with our scouts um, today. Um, and we'll be prepared for every scenario. Uh, Pierre, um, I've heard this quote, this term mock draft, and I've got an idea uh, what it is. Uh, tell us how the Ottawa Senators do it. I, 
I presume you and your 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 chief scout and your scouting staff, um, you sit around and, and and you make decisions based on various alternatives as they unwind. Uh, give, give our listeners an idea how how from a logistical point of view exactly what a mock draft is. Well, how we've done it so far, and you know there might be some changes when we do the next one, is every scout, uh, we have about 10 amateur scouts, and you know we're all assigned different teams. Um, so far, our chief amateur scout, Trent Mann, and myself were Ottawa. And um, I let him make the selection, or I, I let I become the chief scout, and he becomes the general manager. Uh, we have a fun uh, role reversal, and then uh, every scout is assigned a team. And obviously, scouts are going to have different opinion about uh, all the players in the draft. So we just put different scenarios. A few things are laid out before times to to make probably make it uh, spicier for you know for us to prepare for every scenarios and we talk about you know what could happen and possible trades and um, you know all these guys are assigned different teams so as we go through the first round you know every scout has two or uh, probably three different teams and um, you know we, we do that till probably the first two rounds to just get get us a feel of what could happen and the scenarios that could happen uh, with with my tongue in cheek here uh, 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 Pierre have you done a mock draft where Lafreniere is not the first draft choice? Uh, I'll keep that for myself. We've thrown <laughs> multiple scenarios. Maybe the number one and number two pick have gotten traded and gotten traded. Uh, you know, we're, we're prepared for every scenario, but uh, you know, we've had some interesting uh, things thrown at us. Naz, I'll turn it over to you. Pierre, what players will be challenging for a position from your minor league teams from this past season? Oh, I'm very happy to ask that. You know, Belleville obviously had one of the better teams in the American League last year, uh, one of the highest scoring teams. Uh, so uh, you've got to look at a few players will definitely challenge uh, on our team this year. I think you you got to look at, um, you know, Drake Batherson. Uh, you've got to look at uh, Josh Norris, who was the Rookie of the Year and First Team All-Star. I think you got to look at a guy like Logan Brown to see where he'll be in his development. Um, you, you know, on the back end, you got to look at an Eric Brandstrom. Uh, those are the, you know, even though he spent most of the year with us, he was penciled to be in uh, Belleville, but a guy like, um, excuse me, a guy like uh, Marcus Holberg will probably be one of our two goalies. And you got guys like Philip Chaplick, uh, Rudolph Balsers, Alex Formington, who's a rookie, was on the all-rookie team, someone we took in the second round a few years ago with tremendous speed. So a lot of our young players will get the chance to, uh, get in the lineup this year, but it's up to them to perform when once we, once we get camp started. Lou, last question from you. Uh, how big a role do you see uh, Nick Paul playing uh, in the future, uh, if any at all? No, we, we we like Nick Paul. Obviously, we're in discussion with his agent about a future contract. He's someone you know. He's a big body uh, role player that you know found his groove in the NHL last year. He's someone that I think has taken big strides under DJ and. You know, we see him, you know, uh, taking the next step, and hopefully he's someone that can start being in a penalty killer and take on those extra minutes. Uh, we're talking to Pierre Dorian, general manager of the Ottawa Centers. We won't keep you much longer, Pierre. We know this is an extremely busy day uh, for you. You've got 43 or $45 million in cap space or thereabouts. Uh, there are certain mandatory amount you do have to spend. Uh, the NHL's in a COVID-19 area, era. Uh, salary cap 
doesn't look like it's going to be going up in the uh, in the near future. Um, UFA starts this Friday, I believe. Um, you've got to spend some money. Are you sensing any difference in the market? Um, we we've seen a, an era of ever escalating salaries. Um, are you sensing a different in market value this year? Uh, it's difficult to say because I haven't had any discussions about any possible unrestricted free agents unless there are players. Uh, so I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I can tell you Friday at about 12.30, I'll have a better gauge of where the market is at. But uh, right now, it's very difficult to to assess the situation of the free agent market because except for our own players, and most of them um, probably won't be back with us um, just because we feel we've got some good youth coming up that can uh, do the job. It, it's very difficult to assess. So um, uh, I have a feeling that the market will not be the same, but, you know, there's been, you know, sometimes teams just start spending and it only takes one or two teams to make uh, offers that you um, that you shake your head at. So I think we'll have a better of that idea on Friday. And Naz, last question for Pierre. You're really looking forward to this Tuesday in the draft, Pierre, and I wish you luck. Uh, good luck in the draft, and hopefully things work out. And, uh, you have a great court coming up. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, we've, been, we've been waiting a long time, uh, you know, multiple months for this draft to come, and we can't look forward. To, uh, we, we, we really look forward to Tuesday. It's certainly an exciting, an exciting, exciting week for Ottawa Senators fans. Pierre, I'll uh, I'll finish this off. I think the way I finished off our last interview with you, uh, uh, we wish you all the best, uh, except when you're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, on, on that note, Pierre, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you've been uh, Eugene's been a friend of the show. He's taken time for us. You have. We very, very much appreciate it. We wish you the best of luck. Uh, we certainly want to see the Ottawa Senators healthy and have an extremely competitive team. If there's any other team uh, I would like to see win the Cup other than the Leafs, it's probably the Ottawa Senators. Thanks so much for joining us. Perfect. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me on. Pierre Dorian, thank you. Uh, certainly a big week for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult, obviously, for a general manager to talk about specific players. And, I, you know, I didn't want to... Uh, I uh, didn't want to ask Pierre a question that he was just going to say he'd prefer not answering. Um, but where do you where do you see um, the Ottawa Senators look like they're going to end up with this German kid, Stutzel? And in the number five hole, they're talking about perhaps the Swedish kid, Lucas Raymond or Jamie Drysdale. Or, but uh, strong draft, isn't it, Lou? Uh, it, it is a strong draft. Um I think the Ottawa pick's going to be Bosfield. Uh, for my sources, Sturzy's going to go to LA. Hold on, hold on, don't stop. Hold on, hold on. You just threw out. Uh, you just threw out a, an arrow there, a dagger there, Lou. What's so, uh, uh, Byfield is going to the Senators. Yes, and that means that the Kings will take Stutzel. That's right. However, however you pronounce your name, and that's that's what you're hearing. You're. Uh, that's Maybe ahead of the current, because most most uh, most mock drafts, the, the key one from uh, from Button has got it reversed. Uh, where are you hearing this? Without oh, betraying well, any confidence. Well, what did Button do with uh, Calgary? You tell me. 
He didn't do anything, did he? Did he get <laughs> oh, fired up for a years? Yeah, let, 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 let's not get into a, uh, into uh, a personal attack on Button. He's well respected in his in his draft. Oh, and we're, and hey, we're, mock, we're friends. I'm mock, just telling his you, his mock draft is the one that's the most highly circulated one. Okay, but you're, the people you're that I've talked to, Byfield, Byfield is going to the Senators. Yes, Byfield's going to go. Up. L.A. is leaning towards drafting Cersei. or yeah, that's the way. And Byfield's going to end up going to the Senators at number three, and. and then, uh, uh, Go ahead. Going to be Anderson a flip flop. A, a flip flop. I'm not sure what Detroit's going to do. Are they going to take Drysdale or uh, uh, or the next or next Sanders. line? I don't know uh, whether what? Detroit's going to go forward or defend. Any any uh, any thoughts on Leafland, Lou? We uh, uh, we got we got the 15th pick, I believe. It was that part of the? I think that was the. That's the Pittsburgh pick, is it not? Yeah, that, that's for part of the deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Leafs have a lot of artillery in this draft, but um, you know, if you want to build a successful team, you've got to find some blue chippers in the late first and into the second and third. And you know, talking talking about third round, we talked about a kid earlier on the show, Anthony Cirilli in uh, in Tampa, third round draft choice, seventy one overall. It could be a seven eight million dollar player. Uh, Leafs tend not to be able to find too many of those guys. Uh, we need a few now, don't we? Well, you know what it is, Well, You build, you win championships with drafting players in the second, third, and fourth round. Yeah, uh, yeah. Your, your first-round players are, are always going to be guaranteed, and some teams don't guarantee them. That's why there are certain teams out there that have drafted so bad uh, in the last couple of years that are in the position they are. But if I'm the Leafs, I'm going to probably take the best available player. And if that goalie from Russia is available, that's why I brought it up to Pierre on whether I don't think from – from watching and talking to people that, that Ottawa has a blue-chip uh, goalie out there. You know, they're all good goalies. And everybody no, they, they know they've got a bunch of goalies. They've got, they've, well, they've got a lot of money. Yeah, so. they do have a lot of money, but you know Eugene's not going to spend it. Well, the, the, issue for, I think the, issue, yeah, the issue for Pierre is is when he's going to spend it, right? Um, and, and, hey, I, I okay, totally agree with that. Wanna, you, you don't want to throw out your bullets too early, right? I mean, he's not going to win the Stanley Cup next year. You know, it's got to be part of a plan. You, you you make a plan. When are we going to? When are we? When do we want to win? When do we want to be competitive for the Stanley Cup? Next year and the year after, maybe a bit premature. So you sort of got to line up your your dollars and spend them at the right time, right? Yep. And, and if I was here, I'd probably look for some older players on a one or two year contract, or even a, a one year deal that will help. And I'm I'm talking about good quality people, not good quality players just so we can bring and teach these guys how to win. And then when it's time to go out and spend and get the missing pieces, he's probably got a lot of missing pieces right now in the minors and the guys that they've drafted in the last couple of years. Well, well I'll tell uh, you, having, having um, Shabbat and, and Kachuk uh, are, are two, two really good players to build, uh, build a team around. Uh, he's got some, as Naz pointed out in his question to Pierre, uh, they've got some really, really good young talent in the minors, and they got forty-five million dollars and nine picks this year in the first seventy. Which I, you know, if he uh, if he uh, if he hits on on some of those uh, second and third round picks, watch out for the Senators. Yeah, well, we won't know that for at least another four or five years whether we're yeah. going to hit whether they're going to hit. Well, on those picks. The, the, these players, uh, these these young players, now come up with uh, a skill set that. Uh, Makes them into NHLers, uh, I think, a little bit quicker than 
than uh, than the old days, and probably because from a salary cap point of view, you got you got to put some young people in your lineup uh, quickly because you don't have enough money to have a bunch of old guys in your lineup, for lack of a better term. Well, you're right. You're right. Uh, uh, yeah, and again, getting- well, I think Anderson gets traded this week. What do you think? Uh, Anderson, the goalie? Yeah, for the least. Oh, we're, he, we're hearing rumors oh, that he's Freddie, been offered yeah, a lot yeah. of deals. I think um, I'll, you know what? I'm. Uh, you can trade him, but you better have a you better have a plan uh, to bring somebody in comparable. And I, I don't know what that plan is. Uh, ten free agent goalies out there. Ten. Yeah. Hey, well, yes, sir. About, Go ahead, Luke. How, how do you respond how about to this scenario here? Go ahead. That, that, that Naz just brought up. Okay. You you trade Anderson, or more or less. You wait till the free agency. Since uh, uh, Laner signed for five years for five million per year, go out and sign Markstrom and put Anderson on the trade block and, and get something in return for him. Uh, everything's on the table, as they say. Um, and uh, and I think in today's NHL, I think what these playoffs proved, uh, you know, I think your backup's got to be pretty. He's got to be pretty good too. Um, I think the teams that are becoming successful now uh, can can uh, can throw one can you know throw two guys out there on any given night, and the team has as much confidence in either one. It seems to be the way the NHL is going. Uh, guys, I want to I want to move topics for a second. If you don't, uh, we got three minutes left. Um, have to take the opportunity of having uh, Lou on the show. Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Clemson. Uh, they look like the best teams have separated themselves from the pack. You guys, you and Naz, uh, Lou and, and Naz, so you guys got to be pretty thrilled about Alabama's performance yesterday against A and M. Yeah, I, I was pretty, I was pretty impressed. Uh, I got a little scared there when I got fourteen fourteen. I think right now uh, Clemson and, and Alabama are the are the uh, top of the class. But I think the season will be made uh, in two weeks when Alabama goes to uh, uh, plays Georgia. We'll find out what kind of uh, team they really have. Uh, LSU is not much, and uh, I don't think Auburn's uh, much. And uh, one, one little side note here. Uh, Mr. John Mechie yesterday, five catches for 181 yards, two touchdowns. He's a Mississauga boy. Oh, thanks for pointing that out. That out. Naz, uh We'd be remiss if you didn't have, uh, we didn't ask you your thoughts on your beloved uh, uh, your beloved Tide. Uh, you certainly must have been impressed by uh, by hey, Alabama yesterday. John, John Menchie's the third. Is his name in uh, 185 yards. And listen, a Canadian player playing on Alabama is a wide, in the wide receiver spot. Isn't that something? That's oh, how's, that, how's that any different than a Canadian player playing for Notre Dame? In a wide receiver spot, that's now a a, a great uh, uh, a great receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Claypool, Claypool, yeah. No, I mean uh, there's there's talent in Canada, and you know they're showing up in in the big programs. Uh, um, interesting thing about uh, NCAA football. I mean they're still publishing. You know some of the conferences aren't haven't started. The Big Ten. Uh, Correct me where I'm wrong. Are they starting up, guys? Uh, I'd love to see starting Ohio up in State. Two weeks. The Pac-10 is starting up in two weeks. Yeah, I'd love to see Ohio State and and Penn State and Wisconsin and Michigan in the mix. Pac-10, uh, USC, Stanford, and uh, Oregon and those teams, they're starting up as well, Luke? Uh, yeah. 
there's uh, I think the pack the pack ten starting out in the first week of November and uh the Big Ten or Big Twelve is starting off uh, October twenty fourth. Guys, any uh, are they are they headed towards any any news on the college football playoff? Are they are they still going to have one? Or how how's They're that? They're still going to have one. They're still going to have one. Everything's still in order. I'm not sure what the rankings are going to be. I think Ohio State's probably going to move into the top five, uh, and same with Oregon because those are the two top teams uh, in both conferences. Uh, and Penn State's going to be a close close third. And then, uh, then we have to deal with the whole issue of COVID nineteen games being canceled. Notre Dame had their game canceled against Wake Forest. Uh, you know, the Cam Newton's down with it. It's running through the Tennessee Titans. Uh, interesting times. How they uh, how they keep this all together? Any thoughts, yeah. Ness? Well, they they baseball was going through that too, and they they corrected the problem, and they they got through it, and I think football will get through it too. And, anyway, uh, uh, Nez, uh, we're past our, our uh, 10 o'clock hour last word. Bills over the Raiders to be 4-0 after today. We look forward to that. Thanks for joining us, Lou. To all our listeners, Wally, thank one, yes. one last thing. Two you seconds. don't have much time, Lou. Go. Okay, the passing of uh, Bob Gibson and Lou Brock this week, two great Hall of Fame players that I enjoyed watching immensely with the St. Louis Cardinals. Rest in peace to the both of them. Thank you for that, Lou. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.